What if I told you loving yourself could change your life? It can, and I know from experience. I'm Lauren, and this is the Love Yourself Inside Out podcast. Everyone is worthy of self-love and guilty of letting others develop narratives about you. It's time to shut that down and own your narrative. Let's cut out the negativity and let yourself shine. It's never too late to love yourself inside out. Listeners, it's Lauren. Welcome back to another week of the Love Yourself Inside Out podcast. And thank you all for the support this last week with the new launch and the reintroduction to the Love Yourself Inside Out brand. I had a blast like promoting it everywhere, just having it go live because it is just, it feels so good and, you know, self love revolution on the way. But what I'm really excited about is. Brooke. She is on this podcast today. I told you last week she was coming. I have put it elsewhere, but she was so instrumental in helping me get the brand launched on the website. She built the website and designed it beautifully and the color palettes like from A to Z, she was involved, but also she was amazing with helping strategically figure out how to word things and say things. So she just, I mean, does it all. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Brooke, and then we'll have her introduce herself. So her name is Brooke, and she is a mindful branding and web designer, as well as a mindset coach. Two things that have really stayed consistent for her over the years are her love for creating and the power of our minds. She's a multi-passionate entrepreneur who believes that we all hold the power to create a life of love for ourselves, and she wants to encourage us all to chase all of our passions while doing so. She notes you don't have to pick just one. She's walked this by taking the leap of faith from quitting her corporate job to going full-time into her own business after coming to the realization that she was the common denominator in her life and in her unhappiness. So it was up to her to take back her power and flip the script of setting into societal norms of life that were just all taught She's continuously expanding, loving her journey, and she's on a mission to help other multi-passionate women break the mold and create a life they love. When she's not completely immersed in her entrepreneur life, you can find her in a hot yoga class, having a glass of red wine or a dirty martini while doing some form of creation for fun or exploring her new city with her husband. All right, ladies, here she is, Brooke. Thank you. Thank you. And I receive all the compliments um, about our project together. It was truly incredible and amazing. And I will say forever and ever, thank you for trusting me with that project. But I'm so excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Yes. So you and I live in the Dallas area, which is so crazy. Yes. Um, Different parts of Dallas, you know, to where it's not that far out of the way to drive, which is so cool. So we actually got to meet in person. Heck yes. And more drinks are on the table. Um, Hopefully literally soon, but (laughs) yes, for sure. Well, yes, we're going to be celebrating in like a week from now, Yeah, (laughs) which will be so great. But we met at, let's start just kind of how we even met, like where our story began. I think it began because Jessica Emery, who has also been on this podcast, worked with you on all of her brands. I mean, you two have worked on a lot together, correct? Correct. Yes. So I think that is, that's the origin story for you and I as well. So I started working 
with Jessica on her brands. And like, honestly, she and I have talked about like our origin story and we just met randomly on Instagram. Like she ended up in my DMs and then from there cultivated a relationship. And did she tell you about me or did you just see me on her I stuff? think I stalked <laughs> her stuff and I saw the work you were doing and I was already in my mind thinking about redoing the brand and what that would look like. And then I happened to see that you were working with her. Mm-hmm. And then I saw you at her retreat. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I spoke at her retreat. So I didn't do brand related stuff at that retreat. I did like more mindset stuff. I'm a woman of everywhere, <laughs> I feel like. But okay, I love that. Yes. And then it's like you came in and I was like, wow. And she lives in the area. So we ended up going to La La Land, which I think there are a few in California and some here. So if you ever get the opportunity while traveling or if that's where you live, like try them out. Delicious drinks and food and just a cool vibe. But that initial meeting, I feel like it was just so fun to get to see you and your energy in person because it really was like motivating and uplifting and comforting all at the same time, if that makes sense. No, it was so much fun. I 100% agree with that. It felt like we already knew each other. Like it didn't feel like an awkward, like, are you Lauren? Or You know what I mean? Like it felt very natural and I really, really appreciated and enjoyed that, especially because like I'm, I've been in Dallas for a year now, but I would still say that I'm brand new to the city and don't know it well and don't know a lot of people. So I, I don't think you know how much I appreciate being able to like have you here in person and like meet for coffee, like the times that we have, like I've really enjoyed it. And we were already talking a little bit in the DMs, like for anyone listening, like we had chatted in the DMs for a while, a couple months. Cause I feel yeah. like we chatted once and then kind of like didn't chat for a second, like just like normally, you know, and then the conversation started again. So by the time we had finally met in person, like we already had some conversations going. Yes. So it just felt so natural. It did. And it is so funny that you brought up about like living here, but still feeling new. I still say that. And I've been here longer than you because I moved here in 2020 during the height of pandemic. So it's kind of like I lost some time because not everything was open. Yep, um, that. <laughs> but there is so much to learn about this city. So we have a ton to explore. But outside of us just meeting in that story, but it was important for everyone to kind of understand how we met and grew. I kind of, I want to know more about this whole mindset coach and how that works because what you've been posting, what I've been seeing is just so inspirational, but explain to everyone what it is, how did you get into it and like, where are you going with it? Okay. So I feel like to be able to explain that properly, I kind of have to like zoom you way out and bring you a little bit back so that it all makes sense. (laughs) Yes, please do. So I'll just like start from the beginning. So um, I was born, no, I'm kidding. But I, (laughs) when I started college, my original major was actually psychology. I have always been obsessed with like the mind and like the way, you know, people's brains work and the science of it. Yes. But also like really just kind of People's minds, why are they motivated to do what they do? Good, bad, ugly, sad, all of it. Um, So that was my original major in college. After about a year of it, I did really enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. My psych classes to this day are still some of my favorite classes I've ever taken. But I, you know, was just a normal 18-year-old and I was like, I don't want to go to grad school. So I was like, (laughs) "What, what else can I do? Because you can't do anything with a bachelor's in psychology. Um, Okay not even a school counselor. Like you have to have at least your master's, like you have to go farther. So I was like, this can't be for me then. 
So I switched to PR on a whim just because my friend was honestly, she was in the program and she was like a year ahead of me. And I was like, well, that sounds cool. I'm pretty good at talking to people. So like, let's go. And that is how I switched to PR um, and learned about it. It was lovely. My senior year of college, um, I took two design classes, a brand and a web, essentially, and an absolute love. So that's kind of how like design comes into my story, fell in love with it, but just was like, there's no world where I'm starting over. Like it is what it is. I have a PR degree, but I can keep learning this design thing on the side. So I did that for years. Um, Five months after graduating college, my now husband, then then boyfriend, are um, very soon after fiance, um, and I moved to New York. Like we just did the thing. We yeah graduated, packed everything up within five months. We were in New York, and I was just going about life in the way that you're told to go about life. Um, it was in college when I heard about like being a digital nomad, which I- I've never been a digital nomad, but like just the idea of working from a laptop for yourself. It was in college when I heard about that for the first time at like three o'clock in the morning when I was scrolling on Facebook. And I was like, <laughs> wow, that sounds amazing. Like I want to do that. Um, I'm very multi-passionate and that's a big part of me and my story. And I, at that time was like, not sure where I wanted to go. I knew I loved psychology because I loved the mind. You're right. Um, also, disclaimer, I do want to say, like, I am not a psychologist. I don't have a psychology degree, but I am getting certified in a lot of things. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Do want to put the disclaimer out there, though. Um, but I knew, like, I was fascinated in mindset. I did PR. It was cool. It taught me a lot about communication. Um, but I fell in love with design my senior year. But my first creative passion is actually makeup. And I've always been a makeup artist. And I've done stuff with that. So, like, moving to New York, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? I feel like I've tried literally everything or I'm wanting to try everything. And I did the thing that society tells you, which was like you graduate, you find a place to live and you yep. get a corporate job or get a tra- more traditional job. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I just knew from day one that it wasn't me. I've never been a follow the rules kind of gal. Not that I was like rebellious or anything. I mean, I had my moments just like any teenager, but like I'm the person that, like, I'm not going to read the instructions. Sure. That way. (laughs) That's a great way to put it. (laughs) It's it's the best way, you know? Um, So, like, I tried to force myself into the corporate life, and I hated it. And I had – and this is kind of where the mindset stuff comes in, so I promise this was all relevant. I was doing – it it took – how many years was it? I graduated college in 2017, um, and I – quit my job. My last day in corporate was April of 2021. So 17 to 18, 19, 20, 21, four years. It took four years from graduating college to get to the point where I was finally like, screw this. I'm quitting my job. Um, and I'm doing my own thing. Um, and I knew that I wanted to work for myself that entire time. I was doing design on the side for like, as like a freelancer, um, side hustle for a hot minute. But I was always too nervous and not confident enough in myself to for the idea of like other people. I was like, other people can quit their jobs and start their own businesses, but there's no way it's going to be me. Or if I did have a second of believing in myself that I could do it, it was very much like a one day. And it was this like, and maybe in like 10 years, I'll get to this point. Like, so it always felt like this really big far off thing. Um, So then I did the song of song and dance of like, hated the job that I had. So I quit and found a different one. Um, and, you know, I had an a- 
after it was after COVID that I had my moment of realizing that I was the common denominator in my life and in my unhappiness. And in a very empowering way did I realize that because I realized that all of the jobs that I was in that I hated, I had very valid reasons for it. But at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, I had that common common denominator wake up call moment where I was like, there will be no job that makes me happy. I need to start figuring out how I can become so steadfastly confident in myself that I can make this happen and I can work for myself and I can start my own business. So then started. so cool. Yeah. And that's when it really started the life of like my five to nine after my nine to five and like working an ungodly amount of hours, honestly, like it was definitely not healthy, but I was so determined to get out of corporate and be able to do my own thing. Um, like made the investments that I was scared of. I just did everything I could. And, but this is kind of the time of my life where I feel like mindset came back as well. Um, and that's how this relates. Like I was obsessed with, you know, the mind and all of that kind of stuff and learning about like mental health and things like that in, in college when I was starting with psych. But I feel like I kind of lost that throughout the years. Like it was still interesting, but it wasn't like when I realized I couldn't be a psychologist because yeah. I wasn't going to grad school, I was like, oh, there was that dream. Bye. Um, and I didn't realize there was other ways that I can get into the space. So when it came time for me to try to start my own business and really looking into entrepreneurship and like, how does this work? How do you even start a business? Like, I can make pretty things. Like, what do, how do I, how do I make a business out of that? Um, I very quickly realized personal development and mindset work and entrepreneurship have to run parallel to each other. Because if you are building a business, whether it's one that you're trying to do solo or like you're doing and you're like hybrid hybriding it and you're working your corporate job and you're also building this incredible thing, like there's got to be personal development to that to be able to keep you going through it, you know? Oh, no, for sure. it did not take me long to realize that. I was I was ingesting everything I could or digesting everything I could. I was listening to podcasts. I was reading to books. And through that experience is where I got reinvigorated and re-obsessed with mindset. And I think one of the things that makes me so sad in life is seeing people settle. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're on this earth for such a short amount of time. And I just think like, I know so many people who are in jobs that they're in and have been for years because it was the smart thing to do or it was the quote unquote right step to take or whatever it might be, but they're not happy. And yes, on on average, you spend 40 hours a week at work. Most people probably clock more hours than that, though. Mm hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, 40 hours is a lot of time to not be completely obsessed or at least a little joyous with what you're doing. And through learning all of the mindset work and the shadow work and the inner child healing and the money mindset work and all the things that I was absorbing and teaching myself and like, or and like learning from all these different resources and trying to like infuse into my life to get myself to the point that I can quit my job. And then once I did quit my job, like really continue to have a business that could support me. And I am forever privileged and blessed that I I do live in a two income household. So I wasn't doing it alone, but it's still scary. Um, So as I was taking this all in, I was like, I want to share this with other people because nothing makes me sadder than watching someone settle and watching someone live a life that they're like, well, I guess I have to live this. And even if you have, everyone has valid reasons for it. Like I have a family to support and I have this and I have that. 
I just, life is so short and like to not be completely obsessed with what you're doing breaks my heart. So that's what inspired me to start sharing the content and sharing what I was learning. And it, it has just taken off from there. Yeah, that's an amazing story. I did not know the background about where you started in school and what you were headed for. Yeah. <laughs> in the shift, I would have assumed like you had been in design like your entire life. Nope, nope. I just became obsessed my senior year and I was like, well, dang, I wish I would have found this earlier. <laughs> that is so amazing though that you were able to recognize and you're right, a lot of people do get stuck mm-hmm. in that. I don't know if I can move out of my corporate or it's not safe anymore. Yeah. Um, I guess what would be like your top three things about that whole transition period that you um, kind of like watched out for, for yourself? Like, was it burnout? Was it um, like just self pep talks to keep going? Like, what did you kind of do to get yourself through that transition period from moving from like corporate security to, you know, self yeah. Um, okay. So, oh my God, there was so much. There were the okay. The moment of realization came for me. I don't. I don't want to mention like the company that I worked for or anything. Oh yeah, for sure. No. Um, <laughs> <that's> cool. <laughs> like there were. I basically just had a moment where I looked around and I realized that the people above me and and I love. Oh my God, I loved so many people that I worked with. I totally did. But um, they were incredible. Incredible. I still talk to so many of them today. But. I had a moment where I looked around to a lot of people that worked above me and just realized that I was like, I don't want to be you. And I say that with love, like as humans, yes. magical humans. But I was like, I don't want to be you. Um, there, I'm like, there's stories I could tell you off of live air <laughs> um, <laughs> that were insane. But like, I think I just had that moment realizing even the people whose jobs were above me, I was still like, absolutely not. So that was my moment of going, this isn't for me. And then just knowing that I wasn't happy for a lot of things that happened. Um, Mm -hmm. What kept me going too is you get to a moment when you decide, or at least I did, and I feel like I hear a lot of people with this issue too. The second you decide you're done with something, it's very easy to immediately become bitter and not want to be there anymore. But the reality is when you're trying to quit corporate to start your own business, like we live in a society that takes money to live. Like you got to pay your rent, you got to pay your mortgage, your food, whatever. So I think one of the biggest struggles for me was battling the I don't want to be here anymore and like the misery. And I think a lot of people have heard like like energy attracts like energy. And if you're constantly in like a negative Nancy headspace and looking at the whole world with fire in your eyes and you're just pissed at everything like you're not going to attract the opportunities that you want in your life if everything sucks do you know what I mean yes no I'm so glad you highlighted that because that is so important when the glass is empty and the tank is empty it's like everything feels so much heavier and that nothing goes right it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy literally and the science behind that actually and I'll tell you what I did. Um, But the science behind that is we all have reticular activating systems. Like it's a part of our brain. And your RAS for short literally either generalizes, distorts, or completely – or deletes. So it completely filters out the different things happening in your environment. Because at any given point in the day, we all have – I think it's like 2.2 million bits of information coming at us at the same time. And on it, like obviously our brains can't comprehend that all at one time. 
or our conscious brain at least. So right. your brain, your, your RAS will filter through those filters I just said, um, the things that are actually important to you. And consciously, we can pay attention to seven plus or minus two thoughts like or sensations like actively at the same time. Um, and that's obviously just an average. Every human's different. But um, so whenever you're in this filter, quote unquote, of everything sucks, everything is negative, your brain is going to filter and delete out all of the positive things that are happening in your life because in because you're telling yourself that that's not important since all you're focusing on is the negative. And I, I by no means agree with toxic positivity, like feel your emotions, but it's just, it's an important like thing to know um, for moving forward. So I had to get myself out of the spiral of being bitter, being pissed mm -hmm. off to go to work every day and do a million and one jobs because again, it was COVID. A lot of people got laid off, which I will forever be so grateful that I did stay employed the entire time, but it was to the detriment of lots of jobs got piled on top of each other, which was fine for a little while, but eventually obviously got old. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, in that same position. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and so that like I will forever be grateful that I got to keep my job during that. But correct, same. It, it had its downsides in a way too, you know. Um, and so what I started to do was every single morning, I would write down ten things I loved about my job, my corporate job, even though I hated it. And it really helped. And I was writing down things like I love my coworkers. I love that I get free coffee every day. Might not be good, but it's there. And I'm grateful. Um, and I would write down and I would make myself write down 10. And what it did is even if it felt like I was writing it <laughs> and pissed off at the moment, or even if it felt like I was writing stuff that were so tiny that I was like, okay, this is silly. Like, I, I, one day I wrote like, I love that I get to like wake up and wear a cute outfit to work, but it was something that I loved. And yes, yes. having that tiny little shift into gratitude helped to slowly but surely pull me out of this misery, everything sucks mindset that I found myself in. And that is when things started to really shift and take off. And like, I started to kind of like compound that positive energy into my business that, you know, I didn't eventually end up getting to quit to go into full time. That is so awesome. Like, I love that you talked about the list of mm -hmm. writing out 10 items that were you were grateful for and brought gratitude, because that is so much like a self-love practice where you write yourself like a self-love note or a positive affirmation to keep your mindset right and to keep you moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So that is so cool. That is one of the tactics you used in it making this huge life change. It was so helpful. So helpful. And then I guess the other thing that I think helped me with this with making this big life change was I found a community of humans that were also doing it. And they were all at different, you know, um, like stages of their own businesses, but I had been doing branding and web design, um, which for anyone listening, branding and web design is the first, my like first business baby. I still have her. <laughs> I love her. Um, but this was when I was going all in on that before I had really introduced mindset coaching as like a thing. At that point, I was definitely sharing like mindset related content, but it wasn't like, oh, this is like a thing that I do. It was just like, I want to share this. Um, but finding a community of people is pivotal um, because I was trying to do branding and mindset on the site for years before that. But the difference is I felt like a lone wolf. Like I didn't know anyone else who was doing it. Um, I like my parents are incredible and have amazing jobs, but neither of them have their own business. So it's not like I 
right no example or yeah 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 no direct example absolutely examples of hard workers but like you know different um And when I was doing branding on the side for years and freelancing and getting jobs here and there from like friends of friends and whatnot, like I just felt like a lone wolf and it felt impossible. And I had no one around me that I could see that was doing it successfully. So that's kind of part of why I believed I couldn't do it either. When I realized there was this entire world of entrepreneurs on TikTok, on Instagram, on all these social platforms, I was like, oh, wait, this is a thing. And seeing other people succeed in it made it feel more real like I could. Um, because even in college, when I had that moment of seeing a digital nomad and I was like, ooh, interesting, I had that moment and then once again didn't believe in myself that I could do it. So I didn't allow myself to dig deeper. So mm. at this point, I allowed myself to d- dig deeper and I found a community of people online. Um, I The first big investment I made in my business was a mentorship that I was a part of. And um, I met some people in that mentorship that I'm still friends with today. I literally just had a FaceTime call with one of them before this. And meeting those humans, being integrated into the entrepreneur world or in in personal development world, all of these worlds on social media made a huge difference in my transition because it gave me a support system. Even though my family was incredibly supportive, my husband was and still is my biggest cheerleader. Like I had support, but there is a difference between having incredible support that I will forever be grateful for. And then having the support of someone else who is doing it too. Yes. It's yeah. just life-changing. No. And I totally relate to that. Um, in the same way, like branching out into this whole space and build, you know, working on the website or building a brand, uh, it definitely requires two sets of support. Like my husband too, biggest cheerleader in the world for me, he's like, go for it, just do it. Like, don't think about it, (laughs) you know, and my family's also really supportive, but at the same time, like they can't help coach me through like the questions that come up or when you're sitting there saying like, how did others ever do this? Like, I don't get it. I just feel so drained. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, or like I'm running into the wall repeatedly, you know, it, it is those other groups, um, that you're involved with, with other female entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general, yeah. Um, or people who have created these communities, you're like, oh, okay, that's how you remove that block. Or this is how your mind needs to change in the thought process yep. to get around this. Or, <laughs> yep. you know, yeah, I totally get that. It makes such a big difference. And too, like, I, I don't know about, I can't speak for every corporate job, obviously. And I'm sure some of them are magical at this, but like, I don't know about you, but like, I have never had like a personal development seminar (laughs) at a corporate job before. So I know I never had. Oh, I I feel that's sad. (laughs) I never had ever, ever. So for me, it was literally a whole new world of like, and it just wasn't one that I had really learned other than, you know, when I started to find the mindset space separate from my original interests in psychology. And I was like, oh, wait, there's a whole thing. Like, oh my God, what is EFT? Oh my God, like meditation. Like, because now that's such a sacred practice to me, but that was not a sacred practice to me in college. Like, so no, it was like a whole new world when I found all of this online and then found this community and it, 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 it's (laughs) life-changing. I just have to give a plug to some corporate jobs because I've had some pretty amazing ones. And, um, almost every single company I've worked for, there's only out of, I think out of the five that I consider like the major companies I've worked for, Mm -hmm. two of them 
um, did not have any of that. And I can tell you, I wasn't there very long, (laughs) Um, like seven months, maybe, you know, but the other companies I've worked for have all had huge personal self-development areas, which is what I think fuels me. That's amazing. Um, And I'm also a big corporate girl. And a lot of the companies, um, when I've tried launching things like this, and they are very supportive of me doing all these random things on the outside. (laughs) I I will say my last corporate job, um, they were not unsupportive of me doing my own thing on the side, like, or or at least like, I don't don't think like the CEOs or anything ever knew, but like my immediate coworkers and even like people who were above me, they were really supportive. Um, Again, some of them I still talk to, but no, I had never done personal development work at a corporate job before. So I think that is incredible that you've had that experience. And I think personal development should be taught once you exit the womb, like <laughs> oh, well, for sure, it that really should. Just my goal <laughs> in life for when that day comes for me. <laughs> so, so, how could somebody like work with you mindset wise, or what does it mean to, when it's like a mindset coach and they are you coaching them individually or just in general? The so the way anyone, if you were interested in working with me, just reach out to me on Instagram. It's I am Brixy Smith, and I know I'll share all the details with Lauren. Um, but for mindset coaching, I do calls, and um, the the KPIs for those calls are very based on what that person needs. Um, mindset coaching cannot be this blanket thing, in my opinion, because um, every human is so differently and every, every, different, and everyone has different goals. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has the goal of being an entrepreneur like or having their own business. Some people love their corporate job, but they want to work on their relationships. Or maybe they just want to work at excelling in their corporate job. Like there's so many different like KPIs people come to come with. Um, and I think that's part of the fun. Um, so that's a question that I asked before we even do call one. It's like, what are your key takeaways that you want? So it's very um tailored to each person and what your needs are and the call during the call we just we talk that's really what it is it's talking and diving into what your goals are what might be holding you back from those goals and i will supply journal prompts um recommend meditations like any mindset thing that i can do to help you so like if someone comes to me and money mindset is a big thing for them um i feel like that's one of the number one things that i talk about um because money it money can be hard for a lot of people, but money is energy. Um, it should flow like, and we're energy, like it can flow really easily. Um, so I talk about money mindset a lot with clients. And one of the things that I recommend, and I can even say it as a tip for anyone listening, if you struggle with money mindset and that is something that you want to get better at, um, have a money date with yourself once a week, make it fun. Um, I call it cocktails and commas. That's what I have it like listed as on my calendar. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> Explain more, please. <laughs> right? So you have, and I, it's literally, it's just a basic spreadsheet and or use your accounting tool. Use whatever you do to track your finances. But the point is to get head on with them, to not be avoidant about what's in your bank account because maybe, maybe you feel like you hold your breath every time you look at it. That's something I commonly hear and slash I've been there. Like, so it, the point is once a week you sit down, get your sushi, get whatever you want to bring joy to yourself in that moment. And you face your finances, you figure out what's coming in, what's going out. Um, what's the next thing you want to invest in? How are you gonna make an action plan to make it happen? And you just sit down and face your finances once a week. Because money, imagine it like a partner. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, imagine it like a partner. And a, like a pr- common practice that I'll often recommend before this money date is to write a letter to money as if it is your partner. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would be surprised with how they speak to it. Because a lot of times, and I could even say from a letter that I've written before, is I don't feel like I can depend on you. you there, you're there sometimes and then you're gone just as fast. I feel stressed anytime I, I'm looking for you and working for you is just as hard. Like, so, and the reality is like when you write this letter, a lot of times people are surprised with how they would speak to this person um, in the sense of like the, the relationship felt toxic and why yes. I want to attract subconsciously because consciously, of course, we all want a million dollars, whatever. But like subconsciously, if that is your true feelings about money, if it is stressful, if it is causing you to hold your breath every time you look at it, whatever, whatever, subconsciously, why would you want to attract more of it? No, that's so, oh my gosh, like mind blowing, you know, the emoji of the brain exploding. (laughs) I mean, like that's what is happening over here right now. (laughs) And what's so funny, this and the money conversation is often not too far off from the self-love and self-worth conversation. So I feel like this makes perfect sense on this podcast because a lot of times if you can trace back to what is causing you to feel however you do about money, I can't speak for all, but more than not, your self-love and your self-worth are so intertangled or entwined with money. And because a lot of times it goes back to not feeling worthy. Right. It feels like, yeah, you're not making enough. You're not contributing enough. You're, mm-hmm. There's all these you're not mm-hmm. tied to money usually. And that is such a good correlation between you know, how we view ourselves because yeah, it is hard to separate, especially in the time of struggle, Yeah, which I, I'm pretty sure most people have gone through that at one point or another with money. It's like, you just feel like you can't catch up and it's almost like, Oh, another bill, another, this, another, <laughs> and you it, know, like, and oh, even yeah. circling back to the earlier conversations, it's catching what you're associating with money. So like, again, you're razzed, your reticular activating system is going to, your brain will never make you a liar. That is one thing that's for sure. Your brain will not make you a liar. If you want to believe that, and and I use want loosely, no one wants to believe these things, but if you believe that money is impossible, you're never going to have it and you know, yada, 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 your brain won't make you a liar. It's going to be like, okay, let's go. That's the truth. And it'll find examples to prove it true to you. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And same with your self-love, same with your self-worth, same with all of the things. So once you can start to create awareness around what your mindset patterns are, what are your, what are the common thoughts that you're having in your head about a certain topic, whether it be money, relationships, jobs, whatever, um, that's when you can start to pivot things. Yes, that is so true. And I've talked about it on pods here before, like with self-love mm-hmm. and you're having negative self-talk, like you need to pause for the moment when you realize it's happening and think, oh, what was the root cause of that? Like, yeah. why am I repeating this to myself mm-hmm. in my head? And then how can I flip it? So that way I'm rewriting that narrative I've been telling myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Ask yourself, when the first time you felt like that was and kind of bring yourself back to that to like see, okay, what lesson can I learn from it and how can I release it? Um, Another great thing for negative self-talk, and this is not my idea. This goes all around on the internet, but it really works. Put a picture of you as a child somewhere that you see it every day. And anytime you start to talk negatively to yourself, I dare you to get up and go say it to that picture. No, oh, yeah. do that. It's you, when you, when you get to that picture, you're going to be like, she's amazing. 
Like, you're not going to be able to say she sucks. Like, who would be able to do that to a picture of a seven-year-old, you know? Right. Exactly. Oh, that's a really good tip and practice yeah. for anyone listening to this. Um, so you talk a lot about meditation as well. Like, can you kind of share how you, why you started incorporating that and like how it's become, I guess, kind of a practice for you now? Like what benefit does it give? Yeah. So why I started it was just because I was told I should. Like it was, you know, when you're, when you're on the personal development mindset, manifestation can be tossed in there. Like when you're on that side of TikTok and, um, Instagram for long enough, you're eventually going to find someone that says, do this meditation. So like, that's how it started for me. Um, now I'm obsessed with it and I'm that person that's like, do this meditation. But, um, it started with that. And the reason I love it is because I am someone who is go, go, go all the time. I'm Manny Jen and human design for anyone who mm-hmm. knows what that means, which means basically I'm very multi-passionate and I'm an energizer bunny who likes to go, go, go. So I, for me, meditation is a chance to slow down. And a lot of people and people who practice meditation for longer than I have might disagree with what I'm saying and that's okay. But for me, meditation is not about silencing my mind. It's about noticing what's going through it. It's about sitting back long enough and giving myself the time and space to like just be And if thoughts race through my mind, I'm not going to punish myself the entire time for being like, dang, why did I think about that? I'll let it have its moment and then I'll guide it to like float away (laughs) like a cloud in the sky kind of situation. Um, But my goal for meditation is not silence. It's just creating time and space to be with my thoughts because a lot of times I get the most magical ideas during meditation. Um, So that's kind of like a meditation can also be used depending on how you do it and what you do it with for like healing purposes. Like you can, mm-hmm. and I have a self-love meditation actually, um, that I could share the link for, um, on, I have it posted on Spotify and I have you like visualize the younger version of you in front of you, ask her what she needs, give her a hug. Like, so you can do meditation for like healing purposes. I'll do that a lot too. Um, and it's really magical to be able to envision that seven-year-old in front of you and have a communicate, like have a conversation with her. Um, So meditation for me is just a chance to be with my thoughts, see what comes through and kind of get my like downloads, if you will, of like ideas. Um, And then visualization, which meditation and visualization like are often used, you know, synonymously. And I would they're very similar, but visualization, it's more intention on visualizing what you would rather have or what you want. And for me, that part of my meditation practice or visualization practice is because there is no better way to get what you want in life than to start visualizing yourself already having it. Because once you can get yourself to that vibration and match the energy of it, that's when it'll start to come into your life. And my favorite hack for visualization is to visualize to like movie soundtracks. Like I'm my favorite composer is Hans Zimmer. Um, so I will put like Hans Zimmer on and I'll do like time from inception or um, cornfield chase from interstellar. Like I'll do one of those and I'll, or Ludovico and Al Naudi. Like there's so many different composers out there that are incredible that it's just instrumental. So it's not like words aren't going to distract you, okay. but when you put this like movie, like, music behind your visualization while you're visualizing your dream house, your dream vacation, whatever it might be, it makes it 
so much more real and like you can taste it and like you're there it just adds an emotion to it and like think about watching a scary movie with no sound it's not scary right the second you put the sound on it's holy crap you're in it it's terrifying it's the same thing but used positively for your visualization so if you put that movie soundtrack behind your visualizations like it just makes it feel it's the emotions yes oh my goodness yes i did that with my mind map yeah. video that I have. And yes, I put one of my favorite soundtracks that puts me in the best mood yeah. in there. And I, you know, just, well, it's from Twilight because that's one of my favorite movies. Um, <laughs> but it's like, it gives such a good vibe and you're right. It does. It takes it to another level when you're watching because you're really connected and mm-hmm. you're just feeling everything that you're seeing. Exactly. And it that's what makes it so much more real. Like everyone talks about like, high and like high vibe, low vibe energy. And like the reality is if like you can start to feel like that dream version of you that, you know, that you, I I say embrace her a lot. Like that's kind of like the embracing her project is like my thing. And, um, if you can start to feel like that future version of you, even though you might feel like eons away from her right now, that you are going to become her so much faster. And because it's going to motivate you to take the small actions that she does in her day. And then one day you'll look up and realize, holy crap, I am living my dream life. Um, And I think doing visualizations when you have that like soundtrack behind it, it just makes it feel so much more real. Yeah, that's a really, really good tip to highlight. (laughs) So we have the mind and visualization part kind of figured out but you also have this whole design and brand strategy which I feel like uses completely maybe the strategic part maybe a little more I feel like it's like a complete flip because you're going from envisioning all these things but how do you put all that together and like how did you get more into design and really helping entrepreneurs or you know people with side hustles like figure out how to take that idea and concept and move it into a reality. So I I really do think it comes from the fact that I am very multi-passionate. Um because again like design like fell in love with it in college, which is college is where it started with my psychology and like mindset obsession. Um so like I've always just been obsessed with a lot of things and I'm the person that I've tried everything. Like there was a time in my life where I thought I was going to be a fitness instructor and I auditioned for Soul Cycle and like I you know, I've feel like I've done it all and I really like that about myself because well at one time I was very ashamed of it because I thought I looked scattered and like I couldn't make a decision when in reality like being multi-passionate I feel like is my superpower because Yes. Yes. I, yes. It took me a long time to get there, though. Um, But it's because of all those experiences that I feel like when I talk to different people about their passions, I can kind of almost find that passion within myself and, like, put myself in their shoes so much more easily. And it helps me build that brand for them. Um, Mindset coaching and design on paper feel very separate. But in practicality, they – I intertwine them so much because I believe – that the best brand, the best website, the best branding, brand strategy, all of that is based on the human who's behind it. And like people buy from people. And I think, especially in the smaller business world, and I don't mean small in regards to like revenue, but I mean like, I'm not working with Nike here. Like I'm working with individual business owners. And I think like in, in that space, like showing up as your human to your customers, your clients, whatever, you used to describe them like 
it makes all the difference. People buy from people. So for me, the mindset stuff that I know and the conversations I have and the questions that I know to ask, it allows me to get into the head of the person that I'm working with. And I think because of that, one comment that I get a lot when I show people either brand one, round one of their branding or if I'm doing a brand strategy session with them or what their website, whatever it might be, is they get, how did you get that from what I said? I feel like you're in my head. And I'm yeah. like, that is the biggest <laughs> We compliment. had that moment. We did we, have that moment. <laughs> we had it. And I get that a lot. And that's honestly the biggest compliment. And I, uh, it makes me smile ear and makes me so happy. But it's because of the mindset stuff that I feel like I know what to ask so that I can then take that information and then make something visual out of it. But it's all based on getting to know the human. And you do an excellent job of that. And everyone, I just have to share the one thing that like threw me the most where I was like, is she a mind reader? And <laughs> the um, submark, which is the heart hands, which is also in the logo, you'll see it there too. But there is the heartbeat line. And she had no idea that like, I actually have been contemplating getting like a heartbeat, like necklace. I'd been looking at those for years or I'd like even looked at like the tattoos of the, like all these different things, but it has been something over the last few years that I've just been like, I need to figure out some way to do a heartbeat thing. And the other, um, and I know you had mentioned that it kind of also was the sound wave like mm-hmm. in of terms podcast. of podcasting, which mm-hmm. is funny because I didn't tell you yet, but the other thing I became really fascinated with a few years back was the tattoos of an actual like voice track. So if you like mm-hmm. scanned it with your phone, you would be able to hear that person's, you know, like message. Oh yeah. That's so cool. And so like those two things, it was really funny because the minute I saw that, I was like, wow, how did she know <laughs> that like inside you know, cause I, I haven't bought any of the things, but I've been looking for years literally to find like the right piece or the right one that just speaks to me. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, she has really like dissected my mind. She knows exactly. <laughs> we didn't t- talk about the heart hands leading up to it, but that was another thing that like, that's something I had done before. It was, you know, long ago in my social, it's something that I've always identified with. Um, and so it was just, it's amazing because you really do understand who you're working with, which is so cool. And so anyone who's listening and who's like, I need mindset setting straight, you know, like meeting with somebody to help with guidance, just like on thoughts or growth or whatever it is, or if you're looking for like design branding strategy, like definitely Brooke is somebody you need to connect with at least on Instagram. And I will put all her info in the show notes for sure. Uh, But definitely such good practices. And the makeup thing, I do want to address this because I am fascinated watching you put on your makeup as you're talking about your upcoming day or tips. Mm -hmm. So how does the whole makeup artistry like play into, I I get like the multi-passionate thing, but like, what does it do for you? Is it like a, a fun boost or just something exciting to try? Like Yeah. Explain that a little bit because you're really good at doing it, but it's so much fun to watch you do it too. Thank you. Well, firstly, I also want to thank you so much for the compliments. I, it's just design and creating that. I love it. And there's nothing cooler than getting to work with incredible entrepreneurs and learn about their journey. And it it all circles back to, I hate watching people settle. So if Mm. I can even be a small part of the journey for someone and helping them build the thing they're passionate about, like sign me up, whether it's from a mindset perspective, a design perspective, being a part of that journey at the end of the day is what lights me up. 
Like, that's my mission. Um, to answer the makeup thing, though, I have always been obsessed with makeup. I was definitely the little girl that stole my older sister's makeup. Um, my mom <laughs> has never been big into makeup, but my older sister de- definitely stole it growing up. Um, and in high school, like, I would do all of my friends' makeup. Through college, I would I started to freelance. I worked at a couple makeup like stores in college. Like I worked at Bare Minerals and Sephora, Mac even for a little short amount of time. And I always freelanced on the side um, for like proms and weddings and, you know. Oh, yeah. It was always really. Entrepreneur in high school. I didn't realize it though. (laughs) Yeah. I I also wasn't getting paid for makeup in high school. So we had Uh. some money mindset to work on. (laughs) (laughs) But the spirit was there. (laughs) The spirit was definitely there. Um, But. I have always loved makeup. I still love makeup. My favorite makeups to actually do, um, which I haven't done them in a while. And I was recently, I'm kind of on my own journey right now of refinding myself. So it's something I want to get back into because my favorite makeup to do is actually more like crazy out there, like um, high concept Halloween-y type makeup. Doing that kind of stuff. I love a traditional like, you know, clean, clean aesthetic or something. But um, that's my favorite. And for me, makeup itself doesn't relate to design or doesn't relate to mindset, but it is a creative release. And that's what I get out of it. Um, one thing that I recommend to anyone that is an entrepreneur, especially a creative entrepreneur, but really anyone, um, is if you get paid often for your creative talents, make sure you keep something for yourself that you don't get paid for to be creative. Um, because it takes the pressure off and it just allows you to have fun. I was going to say it leaves it as something totally fun. Exactly. And for me, those two things are, are, um, makeup and painting. And really those are similar because whether I'm the canvas is me or an actual canvas, it doesn't really matter to me. I just love both. Makeup was just the first, like ever since stealing my older sister's makeup, like I've always loved it. Um, Maybe one day I'll have my own makeup line. That's been a dream of mine since I was a kid. But, you know, we haven't gotten there yet. But one day. <laughs> that would be awesome. And then you can give custom makeup tutorial sessions where people can buy the makeup. One day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the ways I, inter- I inter- intertwine it now, though, is I do love ma- talking about mindset stuff while doing my makeup. So that I guess I can actively put it into my work in that way. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so cool. It is fun to watch because you have a lot of good, like, free flow ideas going and discussion. And there you are just sitting doing your makeup. And I'm like, okay, how is she focused on <laughs> her makeup, but also talking? And <laughs> it's so, so natural. And I love watching other people do, my, do their makeup. Like, one of my best friends, Emily, she was doing her makeup one time. And she she's good at makeup. She's she's very good at it. But she's not, like, it's not her thing per se. Like, but she is very good. Um, and I was like, just like sitting like really close and like watching her do it. And she's like, can you stop staring? And I'm like, no, it's just because she's like, I feel like you're judging. And I'm like, I'm not, I just love watching other people do makeup because everyone does it differently. And there's no wrong way. No, because everybody's unique and everybody has unique look and unique style. So yes, it's one way to just really express yourself. Exactly. Exactly. So your self-love POV, like if you could sum it up, what is kind of like your favorite ways to do self-love? Because everybody's ways are different and they're all right and unique. But like mm-hmm. when somebody says, hey, Brooke, what's your self-love POV? You say. 
Oh my gosh. I feel like there's so many answers. Um, okay. So my immediate answer is to date yourself. Mm, and yeah. I would say, yeah. And that can, for me, that looks different every time I do it. Sometimes it's taking myself to get my nails done. Sometimes it's painting. Sometimes it's doing a makeup look that literally takes me eight hours. Like <laughs> it's different every time. Um, sometimes it's journaling, but it's to get really comfortable with your own company. Because if you're not comfortable with your own company, how can anyone else be? Oh, I love that. That's a great POV for self-love. And anyone who checks out your stuff is going to realize right away that you're very good at doing self-love. And like, I feel like your meditations, just the whole mindset thing, like you're very aware of it and like very like intentional and positive in how you do things. So if you need a boost, people jump over to her stuff. And before we wrap, I have to ask two last questions. One, how do you do hot yoga in summer in Texas? (laughs) Like that just seems like torture. (laughs) Um, I also, I want to say one really quick close thing to the last thing you said though. Um, Yes. I also don't want anyone to think that my self-love practice is perfect. I'm actually currently going through or coming out of a season of low of, mentally. So I want everyone to know that if you're in a low season, the like self-love season is right around the corner and like, it's okay if it's not always perfect. And like, sometimes like it's a life is a roller coaster and that's normal. Yes. I just wanted to say that. Um, I'm not any of this by means. Um, no, I'm so glad you highlighted that. Nobody is. That's why like I'm even doing this with other people because self-love is so different for each person. And it's true. You go through highs and lows throughout your entire life. And it's like, so things are not always good. And self-love is going to dip down, but it's like, that's why we build these tools. So when we can start to bring ourselves back out, it's like, you have something to kind of grab on and start with and work your way back. But thank you so much for highlighting that because that is very important to clarify for everyone. It just popped in my brain. Um, okay, the hot yoga though. I, I'm i a psycho. I don't know. <laughs> like people, <laughs> Texas is in like triple digits right now every day. Like the, the heat is like without the index is triple digits. <laughs> and like, let me just say that I sweat like a man. Is, I felt I like too. to say this online, but like I do. <laughs> one time I went to, a, it was a soul cycle class actually um, that I'm referring to. Like I went one time, this is when we lived in New York. Alec and I went to one together and I realized on the way home, I was like, oh, I forgot this one thing for dinner. And I was, we were going home after the class. So I was like, I'm not going to shower in the studio. I'll just shower at home in my own shower. And I was like, oh crap, I have to stop at the store. I normally wouldn't stop looking like this, but I was just like, I just need one thing. So I ran in and when I was checking out, I guess the cashier hadn't been out in a couple hours or something because I was so drenched. I, my hair was down. Um, I was so drenched that the cashier was like, oh, my God, is it raining outside? Oh. And I just said, uh-huh. oh, man, <laughs> it sure is. And then left. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am with you in that boat. I have I'm like haven't done Botox ever. And I've thought about it though. Like I'm like, yeah, if it helps me not sweat, like is it worth the risk? Cause I always am in the belief, like I'm not one person who's going to get the negative reaction. You know, that's just how I react to things. Um, and so I've always been like afraid of it, but I'm like, (laughs) is it worth if it's going to stop the facial sweating? (laughs) I don't maybe. Maybe. I know. Yeah. No, it's funny though. I get, I totally get it. Like wearing sunglasses, sweat pools under my eyes when I lift them up. It's like 
a water spout has turned on. Like <laughs> I will never understand those girls and guys, like anyone who can leave a workout class and look cute. I'm like, I look yeah. like a sewer rat. Same but way. in a in a weird in a weird way, I love it because I just feel like after hot yoga, when I've sweat like eight gallons, like I feel so good. Yeah, you feel refreshed. And like there's not a thing left inside of me. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome. Okay, Brooke, we're going to wrap. But you have given so many great tips, um, perspectives, different ways to think about things. So like this episode is chock full of amazingness for everyone. So listeners, like take notes, re-listen. It it will always be up and live for you. Definitely we'll be connecting to all of Brooke's stuff in the show notes. So you can definitely check her out more there and find out more about her meditations and her mindset practice as well as her design. But Brooke, is there any last comment thoughts you want to leave and like how should people connect with you the quickest and best? Yeah. Thank you. I just want to say thank you for having me. This has been amazing and such a It's been so much fun. Yeah. Um, So I, my handle on Instagram and TikTok is I am Brooke C. Smith. So feel free to DM me on Instagram. I truthfully never check my TikTok DMs. I probably should. Um, And then my, and that's like my personal brand and my mindset coaching content Um, for design services. My Instagram is Reverie Inspired Co. Um, But honestly, feel free to message me on either of them. I am the one who runs them and I am active. And then my like parting thought is, so I have this thing where I talk about the Embracing Her project and Embracing Her. So my, my, my imparting thought would be, um, tiny actions build over time. So if you just start taking a tiny action every single day in your life, you will wake up one day and you will be the dream version of yourself that loves herself, that does all the things she wants to do. So it just starts with a tiny action. You don't have to have the entire game plan set. So just mm. get Mic drop. Yeah, <laughs> that's my mic drop. <laughs> that was awesome. So listeners, Join me next week for more exciting self-love things. And until then, be thinking of all the ways you can celebrate all the wins in your life and have a wonderful week. That was your weekly dose of self-love with me, Lauren. Want more? Tune in next week and connect with me on Instagram at Mrs. Lauren Elizabeth Jones. Send me a DM. Let me know what you want to hear, what you think, and we'll talk about it all. Join me on the next Love Yourself Inside Out podcast.